Welcome to Sustainability Matters, the Antithesis Podcast. My name is Chris Pearson, and I'm your host. In this series, we'll look at a whole host of sustainability issues and capture the discussions that I get to have on a regular basis with colleagues, thought leaders, and friends, all of whom share in the Antithesis vision of a better and more sustainable world. This week, I had a great conversation with John O. Adams on the interesting and often conflicting goals of plastics and carbon reduction. He provides a really valuable framework for how organizations can shift from being battered around by the latest fad to proactively addressing their most material issues. Before we get going, a couple words about Jono. For over 10 years, he's been working to drive positive change with a number of public and private organizations through target setting and sustainability implementation. I really enjoyed connecting with Jono as he always has unique and well-thought-out views on challenging issues such as this. Jono, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Chris. Great to have you. And maybe to start off, you could provide kind of an overview of the issues and challenges and how plastics and climate change are interrelated. Of course, again, I'm very happy to. Um, so it's a, it's a big challenge and uh, we'll um, only be able to touch upon a few things over um, the next few moments, but I'm certainly very happy to provide a little bit of that landscape. Um, first of all, in terms of uh, the spread of organizations that are exposed to this, it's, it's certainly not limited to the corporate sector. Um, and both the, the public sectors at the national level and our regional level um, are, uh, are grappling um, with really trying to understand um, how to uh, balance uh, uh, responding to and challenges related to uh, the likes of, of plastics and climate change. Um, and um, many of those have um, a, a real variety of in the spectrum of the way in which they have reacted to it, um, both you know, all the way from really not doing much um, and ignoring it through to um, a, a focus really on continuous improvement, um, and those on the more progressive side of things, making a, a real step change and, and setting targets. Um, and I'll be coming to that sort of target aspect, that target aspect a little bit later on. And, and the motivation can, can come from sort of a real grassroots type awareness. Um, whereas others, you know, it's, it's built up through, um, a real willing to, fully understand the science and the deeper understanding of the technical challenges um, uh, or, or, the, or, or the technical aspects to, to these challenges. And I'm sitting to you, with you uh, virtually here in, in the UK, um, and um, it's certainly not a challenge unique to us um, and you know, most of the geographies throughout the world um, are dealing are dealing with this in some way, whether an international corporate um, or a, a city uh, in the US or, or Australasia or wherever. So the challenge is that you know these organisations, as they are uh, exposed to um, these different, uh, in this case, environmental impacts, uh, is is how they react um, in a manner which which really shows that uh, they are providing clear commitments um, and really being able to explain the scale of ambition. 
And you know, I'm uh, I was, as, as as the topic is is focusing on those two impact areas, and that's and that's really an area um, of of my focus. That's that's by no means the 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 limitation, and and that's really part of it is that you know we have to think about the full spread of of social and environmental issues, um, and considering any of those in isolation. And becomes uh, really the the source of that difficulty. So, from the environmental side of things, whether we're looking at water issues or biodiversity or land use, um, uh, or, or impact uh, carbon or, or, or plastics, and all of these issues um, are um, organisations are setting in some instances setting targets, but but to set them in just in one area really can, uh, without fully understanding the integration and the interaction between them, can really limit progress and can really undermine efforts. Um, um, and so it's the importance of trying to look at that whole picture um, in, a, in a more integrated fashion. And Jonah, maybe help us to unpack kind of, you know, fully appreciate that you need to embrace that complexity side of it. But it also feels within the sustainability space that we're great at adding layers of complexity without necessarily solutions mm-hmm. or understanding how they interact. So maybe kind of you could help me to get my head around how do plastics and climate change interact? Of course. So um, uh, just taking the those two examples, they are really on both sides of the spectrum in terms of one which is very tangible. Um, that being plastics, and um, for many, it's it's very visible. Arguably, one of the uh, the real triggers to a focus of public awareness and public um, perception of the challenge and the the impact that we as humans are having on the planet in regards to, to plastic was uh, was was quite some time ago, and and uh, uh, by the BBC Blue Planet Two. David Attenborough's series, which certainly in the UK, but it, you know, I'm not being, I'm trying not to be parochial, that did spread quite a lot further than our shores, really to show the issue around ocean plastics, and that, and that uh, is something which you know you can see. You can, it's uh, very visible in our in our natural, our natural local uh, environment. So the public consciousness of that is very high. Um, on the flip side. Um, the the impact of climate change, the impact of increased carbon emissions within our atmosphere, is something which inherently is very intangible. We're seeing the results is is not direct. Um, it is uh, it is time elapsed, um, and so uh, that is you know much more difficult to for the public to take handle on. And you know recent events have changed that massively, as it has come to the fore. You know that uh, uh, you know we're we're now in uh, in autumn period, and many of the schools are going back. And you know we've got school strikes related to climate change. We've got uh, um, Greta Thunberg, who is leading the charge on trying to uh, uh, engage organisations and, and the uh, um, um, the uh, the populace on on, on progressing with uh, a need to move to. Uh, much more stringent progress to to avoid uh, issues of if we were to move to a two degrees warmer planet, to try and limit ourselves to, to one and a half degrees. 
So both of those issues are coming uh, to the fore from a very different angles, um, but they are both very much now at uh, the public consciousness. Um, and for organizations, you know, the public is certainly just one of their stakeholders. They're seeing these issues arise within their supply chain, further up their supply chain. Um, they're seeing the, the impacts of that, um, both, both directly um, and indirectly. And, you know, just in terms of the most direct, you know, examples is clearly, you know, some of us who are not exposed to the direct issues of climate change in terms of plastics, the, the health aspect of microplastics and ingestion into health, you know, bring it, bring it to people, uh, bring it to life to people. And therefore they're expecting a very swift response. They're expecting to, to have this, this dealt with. Um, immediately. And that is, that is clearly a big challenge for, um, for any organization who is just a very, very small part of that puzzle. So maybe, John, you could provide us with some examples of both how companies maybe are missing the mark on this by becoming too focused on one versus the other. And then how other companies, given that spectrum you talked about from doing nothing, continual improvement to setting some targets, how like examples within each are approaching that? Yeah, um, and that goes to, you know, sort of really the heart of, um, the, the issue of, of, of how to respond to those various stakeholders who are at, uh, making, um, these different organizations aware of it and, and pushing that, that, that agenda. Um, you know, on the corporate side, for example, you know, retailers are very exposed, you know, to customers. They're, you know, re- receiving very strong reactions, uh, to, um, both of the, um, the, those impacts that we, we, we're really talking about today. On the plastic side, you know, the, it's, uh, it's very emotive, the idea of, you know, unnecessarily packaging on fruit and veg, for example. Um, and a desire to provide a solution, you know, well, just, just get rid of the packaging, you know, let's change the, the, the packaging to, to paper bags, you know, they're, they're sort of, uh, the enthusiasm for them to um, to see it in 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 the manner which is maybe less complex than it actually is um, is uh, is part is some of that challenge. Um, so from you know there's a great you know, many examples from that re- sticking with the retail sector. Um, you know, seen a number of uh, CEO led um, um, commitments to um, you know to only use paper bags or to use biodegradable plastics. Um, without a really full understanding of the impacts of the core challenges and the interactions with other issues. You know, the paper bag is, uh, it, it could in one manner solve the plastics issue and then significantly increase carbon emissions from the weights, um, related to different packaging types. Um, biodegradable plastics being, you know, in one sense, a sort of a great idea, but without the infrastructure to be able to deal with that, simply just creates uh, another problem. Um, sort of moving up the, the consumer goods um, supply chain a little bit, there's uh, uh, um, sort of recently been engaging with a, a major international baker um, and they've uh, previously removed um, a significant amount of packaging um, in, from the, in their end product. But as a result, that it had, that had, had some, something like a, um, uh, a four times increase in the amount of packaging, uh, in the, 
in the back of house within the supply chain and the logistics side of things. So there is, you know, there is a, an appreciation that those that without full evidence of an understanding of the impact itself and the integration and the uh, inter- interaction with other impacts, then that can lead that pressure um, to do something can certainly lead to a knee-jerk reaction. That, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. Think about like, how do you balance all those different layer levels of complexity and those interactions? And are there models you've seen that have worked for organizations, both public and private, around that? There, there are, and, and I'm aware that we haven't really touched on the the public, so I might just indulge just a little bit about sort of how that in issue manifests in a slightly different way. I mean, clearly, there are okay. different stakeholders, but um, the 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 cities is 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 a really fascinating space that um, uh, has um, is the are exposed to you know many of these impacts, but also. Has the uh, has the ability to to affect change, um, and actually, arguably, it is both here where I'm speaking, in the UK, and where you are in North America, the the regional um, progress that is made around things like climate change um, as a result of the void in 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 sufficiently progressive um, governance at a national level. Um, has has meant that there's a, a sort of real space for 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 innovation, um, and um, that you know they are dealing in it with a situation where um, there's those impacts are clearly really broad, and you know we've touched upon the difference between the the social and the environmental. Um, impacts, but but for a city, you know, they are weighing up um, climate change reduction, resource management, plastics as part of that, but also with an understanding how to deal with really important social aspects such as fuel poverty, homelessness, access to key services, um, and and again, there's um, um, either sort of well intentioned or or ego driven um, leadership by some of these cities to make a commitment to a certain area with really no understanding of those details of those interactions um, can can again cause uh, uh, cause big a big challenge and obviously not least within the, the political cycles the very short political cycles that they, they play um, so um, but but you know just thinking a little bit a bit more more positively those 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 challenges within the cities as we are seeing that they are starting to you know, use the collaborative platforms that are available, sort of collective mayor platforms or different platforms with um, uh, different large international cities or cities of, of similar uh, size working together um, in different countries. And understanding the science, understanding the best way in which to deal with a lot of these issues together, and then therefore formulating targets which are well considered and then action plans and results is, uh, is, 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 is really, really encouraging. I appreciate you taking the kind of fear away with some potential solutions. And is that kind of the model that you see as being effective, both in the public and private sector? Uh, you know, on plastics and carbon, that's, you know, starting with the, with the, the corporate sector, you know, we, you know, 
explaining that knee-jerk reaction issue. There, there is a real need for, for corporates to understand both what, you know, that particular impact, you know, it's the effect that it's having on the organization, on that business, what the business objectives are. But also, of course, obviously what that organization impact is having on, 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 on the environment. Both of those inside out and outside in need to be really well considered. The, the understanding, you know, the, the technicalities of those, but, you know, within the frame of the overall business objectives an organization has is fundamental that you can have, you know, you know, to, to sort of enthusiastically push to effort in, in one impact, which actually is, you know, they have a sort of a really sort of, sort of low in terms of the material issue that that is for the, for the, uh, for the business is, is not necessarily the right approach. So exploring these impacts and within sort of a, uh, and understanding the material impact for a business is, is absolutely critical. From there, they can be much more confident in then deciding on what the scale of ambition needs to look like and then defining an action plan. And then as that, um, the uh, challenges, as will entirely be expected from their different stakeholders, um, is received, they can be more confident that they have already explored um, those areas, that they're changing and flexing as required. But they're not forced to have that knee jerk and therefore go off course and there, and also therefore, um, be very distracting to, to their overall business objective, which, which actually might be a much more sustainable one than what is suggested. And if I could just bring that, uh, you know, to another example, um, you know, there's a, um, the, obviously on the plastic side, uh, uh bottles are clearly, a uh, plastic bottles is, is, is a key, a key part of, of, uh, of that problem. Um, you know, and again, when you've got, uh, businesses who are, you know, within the space of providing bottled water, you know, should they be swapping, um, uh, one package for another from, from plastics to glass? And just like we talked from going from plastics to paper, is, is that, is that the right solution? And that might solve some, some things, but it won't solve uh, carbon emissions or increase carbon emissions. Therefore, thinking about different business models, which actually might support, you know, having a take back scheme and what does that look like? Um, all of these things are great responses, but understanding the technical aspects of whether it is actually better and the unintended consequences is fundamental before actually moving ahead with a plan. I mean, John, I, you know, I think one of the things we've consistently seen over the years and decades within the sustainability space has been this just, you know, added the new issue of the day, right? And it's interesting that mm-hmm. it feels like plastics and climate change are those that have been the stickiest of those, but there's this continual churn. And it's interesting hearing kind of what that process could look like within an organization. So you've got the appropriate governance and system to evaluate these new waves that are coming in of issues. You know, I'm just kind of curious if if you're seeing it specifically within the plastics and climate change organizations that are doing that really successfully to kind of balance and respond to those challenges around that and, you know, stand their ground, if you will, in terms of maintaining their focus. Mm-hmm. 
No, I mean, I think these these issues and the and the, the fact that you know, the the scale of the impact is one thing. It's the perception and the by by various parties that um, is, is also very important, and the the extent to which there is a uh, an, a focus and expectation on organisations to do something. And clearly, plastics and carbon. Um, where we are right now is um, our areas of, of very high in the public conscious. They haven't changed in terms of the impact over the last six months, they, um, but um, but it's 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 arguably certainly in some geographies more of a focus, which 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 is which is good. You know that it that, that it is being these are areas which are being better cons- better uh, vocalised, but it needs to stimulate the right types of impact, the right type of action. Um, um, and so, um, the, yeah, yeah, so that where, where there has been, um, maybe a little bit of a lack of, of, of sight to an evidence-based approach that whereas previously wasn't so much of a problem for business is, is, is coming to light much more. So it, it is forcing the need to progress through that process. As I, as I explained, really understanding what are the material issues and impacts to a business and therefore driving forward really ambitious targets with an full understanding of, of, of the, uh, uh, the variety and the, uh, the portfolio of impacts, um, that, uh, that, that might be a part of, of that problem. And then ultimately part of that solution, you know, I don't want to be, you know, I'm eternally an optimist. And so, um, the flip side of every risk is an opportunity and that's critical to be, to businesses. And then you can see that with successful businesses is everywhere. Um, you know, we're, if a hotel company is, you know, saying no to plastic straws and that is the, um, you know, their singular focus on dealing with, with that, that issue. Um, it clearly shows they really haven't explored, you know, what's material to them. Yes, of course they should be doing that, but. But how actually? What are the the bigger aspects um, which show that they, you know, and 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 how those align with their their business objectives, which allow them to move forward and therefore be seen by by their market as as much more progressive and they're ultimately more successful. Mm-hmm. So, so John, I, for myself and the listeners, I imagine there's a, a sense of. You know, it felt like we had kind of addressed or were taking big steps around climate change. Now we're layering on this issue of plastics. We're trying to do what's good there, but now you're highlighting the interactions between them. Maybe to to give people some reprieve around this. Are there some immediate actions, some good things we can be doing that help get us build that momentum and get us down that path to where where we need to be with having kind of that structure and process? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, so. Um... You, you touched on the, I think, the very important point of us uh, as consultants always liking that view of complexity um, and trying to articulate something as, com- you know, with showing as much complexity as possible. Um, sort of in the same vein, um, the you might expect me to say, well, therefore, we need to have some really technically based solutions. Um, and, you know, there are there are lots of, of good methods um, that, that that can be applied to to make sure there is there is evidence, uh, whether it's through life cycle assessments, being able to compare plastics and carbon, and that's being used quite extensively. And that can be done in a really academic manner, or that can be done again 
with a view of um, what are the impacts in material, what should we be focusing on, what parts of our business processes are likely to show um, or part of our product line is, is going to have the greatest impact and therefore focus there. That's, that's, that's a really important um, way to go forward, balancing the, the cost and the effort of um, making sure you've got the evidence with where they need to move forward um, and a need to develop and implement an action plan. Um, and to have the, the maintain that, that that momentum, um, and then that you know importantly the the governance you know that the for a corporate that the executive you know is engaged to set these targets not as something additional or or um, to their business objectives but really at the core of how that can ensure their organisation. Uh, maintains and con- is, you know, continues to progress its success, um, and that's that's you know there are always that spectrum of, of progressiveness around uh, the governance of um, and and those leadership uh, examples where they really see the opportunity and uh, and and pounce on that rather than those who feel they're simply just trying to limit risk. Um, and then, you know, there's you know, clearly there's the, the need for understanding the scale of action that's required. Um, so within the carbon side of things, there's, there's clearly a science-based mechanism to do that, uh, to set a science-based target under the Science-Based Target Institute's um, initiative, sorry, um, and um, and that really follows on to say, well, how can my organisation be aligned to achieving the expectations defined by the Paris Agreement talks, um, um, or or equivalent such as the Ellen MacArthur Foundation around circular economy, or others around biodiversity? Um, then there are collaborations so that organisations can work alongside each other. They can they can get work and learn from each other and then leapfrog from some of those learnings. Um, the RE100 group, um, so Renewable Energy 100, about becoming a commitment to be 100% renewable, um, is, you know, are, are really great um, communities um, to help, help to support, number one, an understanding of the scale of ambition and then to support some of the plans to, 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 uh, to achieve them. Um, so it is about unpacking the issue. It's about being clear on the interaction between those issues. It's about being able to be open to share some of their learnings and therefore gain from others' learnings and to collaborate before then clearly align that with business objectives um, in a a well-defined action plan. That is going to lead to being much stronger as a brand, um, as being able to react to engaging with stakeholders. Um, And in some instances, and there are some great ones where uh, brands have said no. You're calling out for us to do to do you know to focus on a, a certain solution with regards to plastics. That's not the right solution. We've explored that, and we're actually going down this this uh, this road uh, this solution. Um, that just shows really a strength of understanding. Yeah, that's that's great, and I think that it's interesting to hear the collaboration piece coming up over and over again. You know, that's been my experience, right? Is that it's plastics today, but who knows what it is tomorrow? You mentioned biodiversity, social issues, supply chain, etc. Right, so mm-hmm. it's setting up those governance processes or that mechanism to to go through the steps you you described of 
understanding what that is, define the scale of the response and developing the action plan that you know those collaborative platforms can really help with. And I know the Anthesis ACN platform is establishing a roundtable around this as well. Is that correct? It certainly is. Um, so, you know, we, we really want to support that collaboration. You know, we're working, ex, you know, extensively in, t- in the real detail of, of both of these technical areas, helping to, to build that evidence base. Um, and, and really want to encourage the need to then, once I understand that, to be able to step back and, and see the, um, the wider picture. Um, and that wider picture involves collaboration with others to see how they can um, set the right targets in the right area and then and then and then move forward um, so we're actually arranging um, uh, uh, we've got a program in place you know exploring this this topic of plastics and, and, and carbon interaction um, and from October so you know really right now uh, we've got a number um, uh, both uh, in the US and in Europe of round tables, sort of virtual and, and, um, and physical to, to explore some of these, capture some of those insights, um, and, and help to, uh, uh, to progress the conversation. Perfect. Great. And we'll make sure that the link for information around that's available in the description of this podcast. But any, can people reach out to you directly as well if they have questions? Absolutely. No, we'd be only, only too happy to, uh, to do that. And, uh, we can then, we can then push out um, specific queries to any of our technical specialists as they come in. Well, that's perfect. Jonah, anything else you want to add? Anything we missed? Um, you know, it's my, my sort of final advice is, you know, in, in certain, you know, we're organizations are going to continue to be um, bombarded with, with expectations from various stakeholders on these really important impacts. Um, so I think it's important to hold firm, you know, to, to really avoid making a, a solution which really doesn't deal with the problem effectively. Um, but, you know, there's an opportunity to have a positive response to that pressure. And that positive response can come through working through, through the evidence. Um, and, and then, and then finally, you know, as with anything that there's an acceptance that New issues will continue to arise. New aspects of those issues will continue to change. I mean, um, with, with carbon and, uh, the appreciation that a two degree world really is not acceptable and that a one and a half degree world from the latest IPPC reports is something that, um, uh, we as the world needs to, to, uh, to respond to. Um, and that, you know, for companies to be ready to flex to that, that, the action plans developed, um, you know, need to be able to have enough focus, enough direction, not to be uh, railroaded. Um, but at the same time, they do need to flex um, and understanding what they need to flex to and, and uh, is something which is going to be critical. No, that's perfect. John. That's a great summary because it is it's a complex issue and it's addressing the complexity between all of these issues today and the emerging ones tomorrow. So I think that was a great way to sum it up. Uh, Jono, thank you very much for your time. Uh, for anybody that's interested in reaching out to you, email is jono, J-O-N-O dot A-D-A-M-S at anthesisgroup.com. And then I'm always available at chris.peterson at anthesisgroup.com as well. And uh, look forward to speaking with everybody again soon. Jono, Jono, thank you again for your time. Really appreciate it. It's a real pleasure.